What's up and welcome to another Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. I just realized it's one of my friend's birthday and I need to text him, but that doesn't matter right now. What matters is I am Tim Geddes and this is Giant Bomb and Game Spots own. Timur Hussein, how you doing? I'm doing great. We just watched EA. We've hung out. We made some dirty jokes and I'm feeling mm-hmm. good. I'm feeling good. 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 You got to get it out of your system, you know, yep. so now now we can just like get going, cover the news as, as well as we can. Uh, and we're doing it with the energy of a brand new logo. Kev, can you please reveal it to the people? Uh, yes. Give me one second. It's beautiful. It's worth the wait. Yeah. It's worth yeah. every I thought second. that was going to be more of like a reveal but you know it's just kind of a kind of funny type situation it's cool i'll give the background on this this was a design made by mike clancy m underscore clancy on twitter thank you so very very much for sending us this this morning it's fantastic it is a tim tam (laughs) that is beautiful that is beautiful (laughs) hold on i got some ideas though i love that it's in it's in the it's in the right uh color as well Mm -hmm. like it's got the Mm -hmm. right aesthetic for the uh games daily and yeah kind of funny love it it's, you gotta love it. Oh, look at that. That looks pretty good. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. man. Look at that. Oh, I love it. Good That's job. That's incredible. Wait, Am I the first say, person to ever get a custom graphic for an appearance on Game <laughs> Daily? Hell yeah. You did it, man. You did yeah, it. This, is, this yeah. is Mike Clancy. That's M underscore C L A N C E Y on Twitter. Go give them some love. Shout them out. But this is kind of funny games daily. We're each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We get together and talk to you about all the video game news that you you need to know you could watch it live on twitch or you could watch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we'll be right there for you if you want to get the show ad free and if you want the exclusive post show that we record each and every day you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like our patreon producer black jack uh today we are talking about everything announced at ea play 2021 activision blizzard being sued over frat boy culture and some insane internet outages because this is kind of funny games daily uh today we're brought to you by purple mattress canva and freshly but we'll tell you all about that later for now let's begin what is and forever will be the roper report Bakers doesn't. Well, Kev, we're getting a recommendation from Spartan Blue 2 in the chat. Say, try it opposite bottom corner of the KFG D logo. And I like that. I like that. Let's have a little offset balance. Symmetry. Woo, look at that. Fire, dude. And the immortal words of Paris Hilton. That's hot. <laughs> I love you so much, Sam. There's an energy that I just appreciate. You're not going to get a dynamite Paris Hilton drop <laughs> from Blessing. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. Anyways, let's talk about everything announced at EA Play 2021. That uh, we just finished watching it. There was a pre-show, didn't last too long. Then, boom, straight into it. Austin Creed hosting, killing the game. I want to start, before we get through all the, the announcements, I want to start with your top-level thoughts. What did you think of this showcase? 
Uh, super solid showcase. I think one of the things to take away from it is going back to something that you mentioned during E3, what, during the many, many podcasts, is you get two kinds of press conferences these days. You get press conferences where they clearly had something to say, and uh, you get press conferences where they didn't have a lot to say, and they spend a lot of time wasting your time. Mm -hmm. This felt like a really, really good middle ground where they had a couple of big surprises, but the vast majority of it was just kind of updates. But they kept it tight. They kept it well scripted. They kept it visually interesting, and they got through it quickly. We were in out. We were engaged by the background graphics, and Austin was doing incredible stuff. And there was only one really major announcement, and that was this had the smallest footprint, but it didn't feel like we were stuck there. We weren't twiddling our thumbs. We weren't bored. Um, it was moving at a breezy pace, and I think that was really, really, really well done. Absolutely. I mean, everyone listening here knows how much I care and love the production elements that go into these shows. And a lot of my complaints stem start there. Uh, but that all just backs up what the show actually is and the content that's actually being shown. And I think that this is a perfect example of what I want to see more of. Obviously, not perfect. The perfect dream would be there's killer announcement after killer announcement in this type of presentation. But I think this is what we need to support more. This is the type of thing we need to look at and be like, look, people are really working hard to present this in a way that is interesting to us so that we are still captivated and interested in the games that we might not be captivated or interested by normally right and mm -hmm. when there's just a lot of updates you still got to update your game so we talk about this a lot with these showcases where this is their spot to get people interested in grid legends that might not be because it's next to games they are interested in like a battlefield or this or that and i think that they kind of really did a good job of use utilizing this platform especially with how they parsed out most of the sports stuff over the last couple of weeks um to really do the more deeper dives in other places like i've been talking about for a long time about how that's the way to do this like make the announcements have the one showcase but really make sure the production value is there for it but otherwise have satellite events have things that's like for more information go check out the, these deep dives um again don't think this was perfect i do think that they still spent maybe a little too long uh, with devs talking about stuff that like didn't add to what the trailer just showed us um and i do think that sometimes the flashiness got in the way of what the actual news was like i found myself having to go to twitter to find like okay what was the actual release date because they never put the date on the screen they just kind of said it really quick and moved on um but in terms of announcements let's go down the list right here uh, in order of how they the, appeared grid legends coming in 2022 developed by Codemasters. Mm -hmm. what this interesting for you yeah i mean like uh of all the racing for i i always lean towards the more street racing sports racing kind of games uh, when it comes to that genre um over the simulation style stuff but grid has been kind of moving into a way that is kind of like a hybrid at least that's my indication of it and i feel like it's also kind of shifting a little closer it feels more like a horizon a forza horizon than a classic forza game especially from what we saw um based on on the gameplay it was more vibrant than i remember grid being more kind of like energetic and more personality uh driven uh that is definitely enticing me i will say the the idea of putting heavy story into these kinds of games doesn't always work for me. They're going for the Legends angle and they've got actors and they're using really interesting technology to bring that story to life. But when I want, when I uh, experience a story in a racing game, I usually want it to be stupid. Like, and it, I want it to be over the top. We, we're, we, we are 
this generation uh, is a ch children of the fa Fast and Furious franchise, and I feel we're like we're the family. We're children. In yeah, the family, we're, yes. we're the family, and that's kind of what I want. And it, and you know, you go back to Need for Speed and Race Callahan and that kind of stuff from back in the day, and that you can draw a line between people that love that stuff and the Need for Speed franchise to people who love Fast and Furious. But I can't, in my mind for myself draw the line from there to grid legend so that part of it doesn't seem like it will work for me but if the kind of racing is fun i'll give it a shot yeah i'm kind of right there with you where i feel like totally this it it doesn't add up in the right way but i'm also a little interested in and again this goes back to like i feel like some some of the ways they presented this stuff wasn't that clear for it took way too long for it to become known that like that actually is part of the game as opposed to just like a trailer like building hype of like creating this world and like i'm still not clear they're on the box so that makes me think like that actually is the story mode uh in this game uh, to some extent mm. but like it could just be they're just in like an intro cinematic of the game and like that stuff's not actually the game the game is just racing you know what i mean because yeah, we've seen that's... we've seen ea do this before but like when they did it with that i think it was need for speed payback that was just straight up, yo, we're fast and furious. We're trying to just make that. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't work because it was too on the nose of them trying to make a movie in racing game form. Yeah. And the other thing is like when you, the one thing that I would say that I, I, I always, whenever it happens, it, it never works is building like trailers or video game reveals that focus on the technology you're putting in behind it. Like I, I always worry about that stuff because one, it's not, it's not as interesting as you might think it is, even though it is pretty cool. And especially when you do it alongside like revealing the gameplay stuff, part of it, like it can get very muddy. In this case, that's exactly what happened. Like we're, we're not sure what part of it was, oh, we're just showing off some cool tech and what part of it is like, no, this is in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think that they should avoid that stuff. But as far as I can tell, there's going to be it seems like they'll have loads of like at least interviews with these actors they've hired to play these um characters within within the racing game and it was kind of weird it had like a lot of big brother style like interview into a camera style thing going on which makes me think like what well, i don't really know tonally what you're going on going mm -hmm. for here but uh we'll see it's interesting at least yeah definitely then moving on, we got some Apex Legends Emergence launching August 3rd. It introduces Seer. Uh, July 26th, we're getting a gameplay trailer with uh, more from that. And then there's a World Edge map update, ranked arenas, all that stuff. Blessing was losing his mind. A lot of the people with us were really hyped. And I got to say, like, this is how you show a damn trailer. Like, that trailer was mastercraft of editing gameplay stuff especially for a game that is not brand new this isn't an announcement trailer this is an update trailer to a game that millions of people are hundreds of millions of people are uh, are currently playing so it's like i i think that they really 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 did a good job with that yeah for sure and it is apex is just constantly getting new shots in the arm and it doesn't even the wild thing is like they give it an injection of new content and new life when it shows no sign of slowing down which is the amazing thing about it like most games you wait until it starts to dip and then you add a little more content and bring people back these guys are just like new content injection after new content injection constantly like it just feels like the other day when we got the um the arenas mode which is which was massive like it, i i kind of dipped out of the battle royale mode and then the arenas mode came out and i jumped back in and it was a whole load of fun i played with blessing and cardi um and now they're releasing new characters like Sia looks amazing and looks really cool and is gonna shake everything up and then they're doing the world's edge uh, map update really really interesting and 
they are so so good it's wild to think that the momentum for that game hasn't stopped since the day they released it it feels like so impressive and, and like you said yeah just this is the way you show off a game and support and a game that's the thing man i mean respawn right they've just been been killing it and i think that that's another thing that i want to really shout out with this presentation that we saw is like you know ea a lot of criticism to be had about the way they treat their studios and the, the their franchises and all that stuff uh but this showcase really kind of trimmed as much of the fat as possible of uh, the sports games and the sims and all that stuff it's like here's brief mentions but like we're not going to do the 20 minute Pele breakdowns. Right. Uh, mm. But this also focused on the things that I think we love most. Most of us love most about uh, EA and it and the types of games it can show this focus on originals, this focus on respawn uh, titles like they EA has a lot going for them uh, more than they have in years. And I think that we just need to celebrate that as much as possible because they're making some really good decisions, specifically respawn and the way that you're talking about them going back to Apex and never going back. They never left. Right. It's just mm. constantly moving forward. That is the new way of these things. And and for Apex to drop the way that it did a couple years ago with just like, boom, out of nowhere, some influencers played it and now the game is available. Like that mm. is so unheard of in video games. But for them to keep up that methodology of we're going to do things different. We're going to yeah. keep adding to this. We're going to keep changing and doing things right because we're listening to the community and, and want this game to, to grow. That's why it has a vibrant community. That's why yeah. that game works. And, and I think the what you said about celebrating these games is definitely something we should do. I think, you know, people here, we should celebrate what EA is doing. And we live in a world where, you know, skepticism around corporations is at an all-time high, rightly so, um, for good reason. And you should never make corporations your friends. But I think that's exactly why every single developer that came on was like, here's the team that make the game. These are just normal humans. You know, they're our pals and these are the human beings that are putting their effort into it. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's all kind of under the umbrella of a corporation. But like Tim said, you know, we should take the opportunity to celebrate those people because especially when they do stuff as good as, you know, the Apex Legends support, the Knockout City stuff that's happening and Lost in Random and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, EA is in a real good space right now, I feel like, especially when it comes to their kind of live service games. Absolutely. So then moving on to EA Originals, we got Lost in Random. Uh, they did another breakdown of that, showed some gameplay trailers. It looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, but another thing that I was a little confused about was they showed this uh, dice battle uh, breakdown and i'm not really sure if that's a different mode in the game or if that's just how the game is played itself but the game comes out september 10th it looks rad regardless what do you think yeah charming as hell like we all at the same time in unison just shouted this is timber in the game um and like as as anyone who listens to uh your in review stuff will know you guys love a bit of timber and <laughs> Batman. um but like it looks cool and really charming i think we all got obsessed with dicey the little dice has got like Homie, stupid man. arms and legs coming out and we were like that is a cute as hell dicey um but yeah it looks like a lot of creativity again um in the same vein or like in a similar vein to it takes two lot of charm to it and it feels like it's going to be one of those it feels like everyone keeps talking about when are the double a games coming back you know the kind of mid-tier games between indie and and um triple a and i feel like ea has found a nice sweet spot where they have these indie games that are incredibly highly polished you know they're very very like they have a higher budget than the average indie game but not as high as a triple a game and the experiences that we're getting out of it as a result of those partnerships that they make are 
really, really fascinating and really, really high quality and memorable. And Lost in Random has got a lot of familiar things, but it's also got a whole lot that looks unique and interesting and will distinguish it from other games that it might be drawing inspiration from and make a lasting impression on a lot of people. Um, it looks really, really cool. I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, to your point about the, the the space between indies and AAA and this like AA idea of what does a modern AA game look like, I love that we're finally, it seems, at a point, and we're, we've been here for a while now, but we're at a point where indie game doesn't necessarily just mean a single screen experience or a retro 2D platformer, right? Mm. It's exploded and turned into, it can be so much more than that. And I think that we are still going to get a million 2d retro platformers but things like this are are so interesting to me because it's kind of taking in the same way that the that like a shovel knight looked back at the past and was like we're going to take a little mario 3 and a little bit of ducktales and a little bit of mega man a little bit of this a little bit of that and turn it into this brand new thing that feels modern but with retro sensibilities this kind of reminds me of of that but for 3d platformers kind of taking the the old school magic of that n64 mm. era but not just taking that and doing it again so it's not just like uh ukulele or something like that but yeah. it is more just like we're just going to make some games that have this like charm and look to them that looks familiar. It looks Tim Burton-esque. Like we've seen things like this before, but we've never played something like this before. And I think exceptions would be Psychonauts or things like that, that I would say are rare examples of those type of games making the jump from the N64 generation forward. But now yeah. we're kind of seeing a look back at them with this modern lens that like, kind of really creates this magic that i think that these games like it takes two is a perfect example of like that is a type of game that couldn't have existed before but their commitment to it being a co-op game to a commitment to it being a narrative driven 3d platformer like that mm. made something really special that we wouldn't have had before so i'm just happy that the originals are, are kind of doing that and lost and random seems to be another step in that direction yeah for sure and you framing it as a kind of like uh it does feel like now that I think about it, it does feel like one of those like uh, buddy platformer games in the same style as like Banjo-Kazooie or Ratchet and Clank from the kind of N64 PlayStation 2 days, which is really, really cool. Yeah, I was excited for it and now I'm even more excited for it. But yeah, that is there was some other studios that they kind of showed in that Lost in Random section as well that um is worth touching upon i think they showed like silver end games which is like uh i want to give a shout out to which is a british studio that was set up fairly recently but one of the founding members is a former bafta member um and uh and the other one is abu Bakr salim who is um who played bayek in assassin's creed um cool. and worked in the ridley scott show uh acted in the ridley scott show raised by wolves and again another studio that is feels like it's uh putting um itself in a position where it does make those kind of like somewhere between AAA and indie but like the new definition of indie games and exciting again another studio that's uh supported by ea so good luck to the, the team over there and yeah lost and random looking real real cool Absolutely. And then another EA original, another EA update, uh, Knockout City Season 2 Fight at the Movies coming July 27th. Won't have to wait long for that at all. Uh, looks really cool. The map kind of changes with different themes of, of movies. There's a soda-themed uh, ball and all that stuff. So that, that looked kind of fun. Do anything for you? Yeah, I mean, like I, I was I was really into uh, 
the game Knockout City, and then I played with Blessing, and it was a whole bad time because that man is a killer. He's ruthless. Um, so I was like, I got to take a break from this game. I need to really reassess whether I want to recommit my life to this. But having seen that, I'm into it again. Like I'm really, I'm ready to jump back in and put in some more time in the lab and figure out how to play. And it looks really, really cool. I love the style of it, and I love how. I love it when these games have a big chunk of content dropped instead of like the drip feed. I can't deal with drip feeds of 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 small amounts of content. And this feels like they're just like heaping over on a massive like dump of content onto the game. Um and that is meaningful for me because like I'll get I'll play the game and it'll be it'll feel familiar, but you it gives me an opportunity to really churn through the new stuff, the cosmetics and the new maps and that kind of stuff so it brings some longevity to how long i'm going to stay with it once i return to it um and it feels like they've got enough there to keep me there for a good few weeks yeah and you know i want to go back to talking about that that celebrating and praise like in the same way that we we're talking about apex legends and how they respawn really did something different and EA allowed them to do something different with the way that game was released and how, how it's been updated and knockout city is another one where you know we're kind of in this middle ground of the three games we just talked about about this is a smaller indie multiplayer title right mm -hmm. like and the way that it came out and then their use of the the game pass making sure they have the community but then boom we're gonna have big content drop updates like pretty consistently and like close to the launch like this is this new world uh, of making sure that these games thrive and the, the difference and we've seen so many games just come out and be cool for a moment and then fail and like every game not every most games even if they're successful will have a huge surge and then a fall off over time but i think that it's things like this that are the difference between the potential of a Rocket League style hit and a hyperscape mm. or something, mm. you know what I mean? And depending, it doesn't even matter the scale, whether it's indie, AAA, anything in between. It's like, it's this level of commitment and just nailing the community side of it so that your community wants to rock with you and wants to be there for the updates and whether they're big or small or whatever, they feel like they're getting something out of it. So good for them. Good for them. Then next up we got Battlefield 2042. We've seen a lot of this game, uh, but this time we saw even more. Another trailer really showing all those tornadoes and all that stuff. Uh, but then we really got to see the big announcement of Battlefield Portal, uh, which is not a level editor. You can't play as a penguin with a flamethrower. Those were the, the two notes I wrote down because you can do pretty much anything else. This seems to be a kind of Halo Master Chief collection where it's just like, oh, you want to play Halo 1 style or Halo 4 style or 2 style? Cool. That's on you. You can do that. But there's an added element of a bunch of classic maps from the Battlefield history uh, that you can use, plus different weapon sets and different kind of game modes and stuff it's all mix and match between the different mm -hmm. games so you can uh kind of just create your your dream scenario and uh austin creed who fucking killed it as the host i don't think we mentioned that on games daily but legitimately that was one of the greatest if not the greatest video game host performances i've ever seen he is so talented there's just a raw energy and it's like he is just proof that of course, things are going to come off as cringy. It's impossible for them not to when you're doing this type of uh, announcements and commercials and shit. There's something inherently corny about what's up, everybody. This is kind of funny games daily. We all do it. But it's like you just need mm. to own it. And he owns it so damn well. So shout out to you, Austin yeah. Creed, one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, he's. I think the the thing that really helped it was like authenticity. We mm -hmm. all know Austin as someone who loves video games and 
throwing back to you know E3, Greg and Jackie and Golden Boy and the panel of uh, game journalists that were around for E3 as well. We have a frame of reference for all their loves of video games and they don't need to try and convince us of anything and that way we just kind of like fall into it and we let them run run you know wild and do what they want to do and we believe it and mm -hmm. that is exactly how um that authenticity worked for uh, austin in this and when he introduced battlefield and talked about battlefield portal and was hyped about it it wasn't like this is person this person's shilling for it it was genuine excitement and that helped all the more when they went into the trailer and they showed off how ridiculous it really was like that thing is a dream come true for battlefield players who battlefield fans who have stuck with the franchise long term because they get to see various entries that are beloved including bad company and bad company 2 specifically um coming back and for newcomers it just looks ridiculous like if you're i know i'm i've played a bunch of battlefield i've been killed by a man in a tree from millions of miles away more times than i can count um but i was like god damn that's amazing and i know that if i show this to one of my friends or my group of friends who I play games with that have no experience with Battlefield, they're going to look at, oh, knives versus defibrillators? Defibrillators? I'm, I want in that. Like, And you know that is going to be amazing fun. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just a few of the things that they put together for this showcase based on you know, influencers or players or internal um, ideas. Once it goes out into the wild, people are going to have so much fun with putting together wild and wacky um experiences the interesting question or the make or break for them is how do they curate that um how do they funnel that and do are they gonna are they building it out as a platform where they can curate and make sure that you know there's some sort of algorithm that looks into the way that you play and gives you suggests you things in really cool and interesting ways or make sure the cream of the crop rises to the surface because that's going to be really, really important, especially given how big Battlefield is and how many people are going to be making content for it. Absolutely. And I think that that's the thing that uh, we need to look at the most because it, it was awesome. One of the modes they showed that I was really impressed by was quantity versus quality. And the idea is one of the teams has less people, but they have better weapons. The other team has more people, but worse weapons. I'm like, that's just so much fun. And it reminds me a lot of the Halo 2 days of coming up with, with zombies and Survivor and all that stuff. And like these like kind of game modes, Griffball even, but like fun game modes within, within the game that uh, then eventually become supported by the developers themselves. This is kind of, you know, that full circle, full circle version of that, of like looking back and being like, cool, we're going to look at the entire Battlefield franchise and add all the little fun elements into one thing. My question is, is that overwhelming? Like you're talking about the curation. I'm even talking about just the sometimes when you give people endless possibilities, they end mm. up not getting what they want. Do you think this is what Battlefield players want or do they just want to play on old maps? I think I think it kind of it depends really. It, I feel like it covers both bases because they want to play on old maps, right? And the thing is, like people, including myself, have been talking about wanting more Battlefield Bad Company for so long. But for EA or Dice or whoever it may be, they obviously have a reason to stick what they, with what they've got instead of going back to Bad Company and picking up on that. So how do you give people what they want without giving them? what you, they want and knowing that you're going to take a hit for it just put the power in their hands which is a really interesting way to kind of come at it you give the players the assets for or the most important parts of bad company or whatever battlefield 3 and let them make the battlefield bad company battlefield 3 experience that they 
you know want and in doing that you get the goodwill out of it and at the same time like you know people who create this stuff they're built different like i'm not a oh, creator yeah. when it comes to these games i know that i'll jump into that and i'll try and i'll put together some absolutely piss poor uh, excuse of a map and a game mode and be like yeah this isn't for me but there's going to be hundreds and thousands of people who are out there who are like I know exactly. I know exactly how to make the perfect Battlefield Bad Company experience, or a perfect Battlefield Three type map, and I'm gonna do it. And when that happens, like we said before, it's just on EA to make sure that that stuff is rises to the surface. So I feel like you are correct, and it is gonna be overwhelming. But I feel like also, it's there's enough there for the right people to come along and make the right moves and give people what they want and not feel overwhelmed by that, all the options and the resources available to them because that's just what they're used to doing. It's like we said, they're built differently. They're creators. They have a mind for it. And it's a win-win, hopefully. That's the optimistic look at it. It could also be a shit show and no one knows what's going on and everyone's like, this sucks. Let's get out of there. So last thing I really want to talk about with Battlefield is the conversation that we have every time we've been talking about Battlefield 2042. You know, we just spent the last 20 minutes talking about the originals and how well they're doing, the respawn stuff, how well it's doing. Battlefield, full price, $70 title. And in a world that these multiplayer games are more and more commonly being released on some type of subscription service, everyone's kind of looking at it like, okay, but what what is this premium quadruple A multiplayer shooter experience going to do to set it apart and make it worth that financial investment that you're not going to have to do on the side of a halo infinite you're not going to have to do on the sides of the respawn or uh, the apex legends and all these other other properties do you think that this battlefield portal is that answer i think it it definitely i mean i think ea definitely wants it to be that answer whether it remains that answer is unclear right now it's like we said like it there needs to be it all depends on how the community receives it and how they take it on because there is incredible amounts of longevity in that um, mode and out of all the things that they're going to support i feel like they're probably looking at that mode and being like this is what we will put our resources into supporting long term because it creates this loop of uh, of different aspects of the community serving each other where you have creators coming in making things for players who then play the things and then they support those creators which goes round and round and round and round and the interesting thing is going to be how they monetize it all i'm not sure how it's all going to work uh i don't think they've talked about loot boxes so far and you're right like what is it like the 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 more like the overarching question on top of that is like, what is going to be the reason people pick up Battlefield outside of I like Battlefield and I play Battlefield when games like Apex are out there for free and are absolutely killing it? And I I kind of feel like pulling back on the recent trends is going to be what's what becomes a unique hook, if you get what I mean. Like, oh, yeah, totally. moving. Yeah. Moving away from stuff like battle passes and uh maybe not battle passes but like loot boxes and cosmetics that you pay for and that kind of stuff for a game like uh battlefield which is classically a, you know a contained experience isn't free to play that feels like it could be the way they distinguish themselves get away from the kind of business practices that people are incredibly tired of and create its its own internal content creation ecosystem that they support with monetization to some degree who knows whether that is going to be what it what they do and whether it even works but for me that is what i'd like to see 
Yeah. Um, and then let's see, we got the, the available maps at launch will be from 1942, the Battle of the Bulge and El Alamein, Battle, from Bad Company 2, Africa Harbor and Valparaiso, and from Battlefield 3, Caspian Border and the Noshar Canals. So that's cool. And then they ended the whole showcase uh, with what would have been the most hype surprise of all time if it hadn't leaked dead space we're getting a remake it's based on the frostbite engine improved gameplay uh exclusive to next gen and pc uh dead space will feature an improved story and characters as well developed by ea motive let's go let's go i am over the moon excited about this i'm very very glad that dead space is back i have a lot of questions around that remake we're still not sure what it is it feels like they looked at um capcom with resident evil remakes and went we could do that people love that shit why aren't we doing that and they got to work on that the thing about it is um and like playing devil's advocate this is a discussion i had with my co-host on the GameSpot after dark podcast just yesterday is this enough? Like, I recently went back to Dead Space 1 on Game Pass, and it holds up remarkably well. It looks really nice. And a lot of the gameplay stuff, like, there's nothing really egregious in that first game. And even in the second game, the third oh, the game asteroid is... A, thing. Yeah, the asteroid thing is the one thing I was going to say, like, could be improved. But, um, like, there's... Outside of that stuff, a lot of nips and tucks I could see, but is that enough? Is there enough there to warrant a f this kind of scale of remake? I'm going to... You're bringing up interesting points. I mean, for sure, like, that is the question, because, like, yeah, Dead Space, I, I played it not too long ago. I guess at this point it was maybe, like, seven yeah. or eight years ago. But uh, it did hold up remarkably well. And I just think that we're just in this new era of what a remake can be. And mm. sure, the, the difference between Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 2 Remake are probably going to be way more vast than what we see with a Dead Space to this Dead Space remake. I'm very excited for them, like, kind of putting more behind this and kind of releasing it as it as a big new title, not just like, oh, here's a patch to make the old game look good on yeah. Game Pass and, and whatever, because that shows that there is some faith or at least interest in the franchise and i think that to present this like a new game with all the modernizations they can have those little tweaks like you're talking about to a brand new audience is going to be really really key to potentially getting this ip back on track you know and that yeah. is something that we want to see from ea is like them go back to the games that we love from them and continue to make brand new installments that are new classics hopefully yeah for sure i'm like again like my I, I expect, I'm very, very excited about it, and I expect they're going to put in a lot of work. IGN actually has an article that went up recently where they some of the developers talk about what they've, what, what is, is going to be to a degree. And what they're saying here is, is really, really um, kind of heartening. They talk about how they're referencing the original game um, and, and they're using a, a great amount of development data, but they're completely rebuilding and remaking the game in the Frostbite engine um, to bring it to life on PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S. So it's not exactly just what they shipped on that original disc. Um, and one of the developers said, we started with the original level design of the original Dead Space. What's funny is that you can see some of the iterations that were made prior to, to ship by the team. In the first chapter, you can see some of the corridors that they wanted to do first in a certain way. And then you can understand why they changed it for technical constraints. So that's the thing that's most exciting for me. That game was 
very, very atmospheric and very, very scary at points. Um, mm -hmm. And that was based on old technology now. And But what it achieved back then was incredible. Since that time, we've come leaps and bounds in terms of presentation and the technology used for that. So the kind of, even if they took that and they just like, turn the dial up to 11 or 12 on exactly what it was that's an exciting prospect because again like something i said yesterday is like resident evil 4 changed the game like and when it came to survival horror action games it re you know it established a new framework for how survival horror worked and many 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 games came out after it adhering to that French, that same formula and that same template only one game sticks out in my mind as coming as close to matching the, how, the levels of uh, excellence that Resident Evil 4 reach, and that's Dead Space for me. Oh, yeah. There's a lot I mean, of absolutely. games... Yeah, there's a lot of games that, like, you know, Gears is something different, but, you know, it it was draw... You know, it drew influence. But when it came to apples to, uh, apples to apples comparisons, Dead Space is both the closest, and although Resident Evil 4 still is the high bar for me, Dead Space almost got there. And mm -hmm. it just makes sense to have that game from almost like a, a preservation aspect brought back made improved and given accessibility options and various modern tweaks so that a new generation of players can enjoy it yeah absolutely can't wait to see it before we move on to the next news story let me tell you about our sponsors this podcast is brought to you by purple doesn't it seem like the world's against you from getting a good night's sleep this time of year boy i know it's summertime it gets hot you're over there, you're flipping around in the bed, you can't get comfortable, it's a million degrees, you're flipping the pillows, you're still upset, you're sweating all the time, it's disgusting. But when you have a purple mattress, ladies and gentlemen, you can sleep cool and comfortable no matter what life throws at you. That's because only purple mattresses have the grid. Its unique ventilated design allows for air to flow through to help you sleep cool, even when it feels like a thousand degrees out. We know all about purple because, of course, Joey Noel uses a purple mattress. She loves it. She says the, the grid is great, better than foam, and of course, it has been keeping her cool for quite some time. Try your purple mattress risk free with free shipping and free returns financing is available too. purple is comfort reinvented right now you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more go to purple.com slash games 10 and use the promo code games 10 that's purple.com slash games 10 promo code games 10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more purple.com slash games 10 promo code games 10 terms apply up next is canva did you know ladies and gentlemen that we use canva here uh it's a thing that helps you learn it helps you figure out how you're gonna do are you are you working in photoshop are you working in video are you doing stuff like canva's got you covered that's why tim's been using canva pro uh canva pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro it's a quick easy and affordable way to design whatever you need no matter what you're creating and sharing canva pro has everything you need in one place including a collection of over 75 million premium photo videos audio and graphics tim's been using this roger's been using this nick has been using this uh, of course anybody who's making anything at kind of funny that's not just screaming into a microphone like me uh they need graphics you need videos you need to get in there you need audio like they're talking about canva pro has it all it's perfect for small creators big creators any creator design like a pro with canva pro right now you can get a free 45 day extended trial when you use our promo code that's canva.me slash kfgd c-a-n-v-a dot M E slash KFGD, Canva dot me slash KFGD for more. 
And our final sponsor of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is Freshly. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of you and your meals for a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door, no cooking required. Ordering is easy. You visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick what you want when you need it. It'll do your dietary needs preferences taste and family size uh i still subscribe my father to freshly uh, i go through i pick the little meals on freshly.com and then he gets them prepared and he can just take them to work or when he comes home from work and he's exhausted he can just pop them in and cook them right there or, you know warm them up and be ready to eat no uh, nothing he doesn't need to worry about it that doesn't need to cook number one crane operator greg miller doesn't have time for that right now freshly is offering our listeners 40 dollars off your first two orders when you go to freshly.com slash games stop stressing about dinner go to freshly.com slash games for 40 dollars off your first two orders that's freshly.com slash games for 40 dollars off your first two orders story number two is some truly truly horrific stuff that we just continue to be reminded of as being the state of the world that we're in that we need to change we all need to work together to change this every single day of our lives uh the headline reads activision blizzard sued over frat boy culture and harassment this comes from mave also at bloomberg uh this is required reading i'm going to read the entire article but please go support it over on bloomberg.com uh and also just giving a content warning there's some really triggering stuff uh that that is uh, uh, talked about uh, in this article. So here we go. Video game giant Activision Blizzard Inc., maker of games including World of Warcraft and Diablo, fosters a frat boy culture in which female employees are subjected to constant sexual harassment, unequal pay, and reta- retaliation, according to a lawsuit filed by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. A two year investigation by the state agency found that the company discriminated against female employees in terms and conditions of employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, and termination. Company leadership consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation, the agency said. According to the complaint filed Tuesday in the Los Angeles Superior Court, female employees make up around 20% of the Activision workforce and are subjected to a, quote, pervasive frat boy workplace culture, including cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior toward female employees. The agency alleges male employees play video games during the workday while delegating responsibilities to female employees, engage in sexual banter, and joke openly about rape, among other things. Female employees allege being held back from promotions because of the possibility they might become pregnant, being criticized for leaving to pick their children up from daycare, and being kicked out of lactation rooms so male colleagues can use the rooms for meetings, the complaint says. Female employees working for the World of Warcraft team noted that male employees and supervisors would hit on them, make derogatory comments about rape, and otherwise engage in demeaning behavior, the agency alleges. The suit also points to a female Activision employee who took her own life while on a company trip with her male supervisor. The employee had been subjected to intense sexual sexual harassment prior to her death, including having nude photos passed around at a company holiday party, the complaint says. The agency seeks an injunction forcing compliance with workplace protections as well as unpaid wages, pay adjustments, back pay, and lost wages and benefits for female employees. Quote, we value diversity and strive to foster a workplace that offers inclusivity for everyone. There's no place in our company or industry or any industry for sexual misconduct or harassment of any kind, a spokesperson for Activision Blizzard said in a statement. 
Quote, we take every allegation seriously and investigate all claims. In cases related to misconduct, action was taken to address the issue. The DFEH includes distorted and many, in many cases, in many cases, false descriptions of Blizzard's past. We've been extremely cooperative with the DFEH throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation, but they refused to inform us what issues they perceived. The statement continued. The picture the, DFE, uh, the DFEH paints is not the, the Blizzard workplace of today, the company said. So that's the article. That's the whole thing. Do you have any response? I mean, I mean it is absolutely trying not to swear but like ridiculous and unacceptable that this kind of stuff is happening and obviously as a as a man i have zero frame of reference for this stuff but the important thing to note is like this is something that people are going to see in relation to activision blizzard People are going to read this and read about it happening at Activision Blizzard, but in no way is it limited to Activision Blizzard. There are going to be women from across the industry, every corner of it, that are going to read this and relate to it. And in many, many cases, have personal experiences that are in line with it. And the fact that that's happening is heartbreaking, it's unacceptable, and it's just it needs to stop and it needs to change. And the only way that change can happen is by people holding each other accountable and people supporting people who need that support. When they come out and say, I have been treated in this way, I have been treated by this person this way, we still exist in a in a in a landscape where there's a significant, if not overwhelming, amount of skepticism towards those people people who speak out are often torn down and it happens because especially within our gaming circles not our circles but the world of gaming there's this strange sense of protect the game and the company over the person that makes those games and makes up that company and that is such a shitty attitude to have and i hate seeing it the amount of times i see someone say i was mistreated and you can just tell it's some person who just wants to make sure that voice is silenced because they like the game. That is ridiculous. We need to make sure that we're in a position where we are able to support those people, believe those people, and then get to work in holding those people accountable. It happens so much. Video games, development, publishing, marketing, on various levels is a boys club. And whether you like to hear that or not doesn't matter. It's a fact of the world. And this is one of those awful situations that highlights how bad a boys club industry can be. The stuff that has happened, you know, the suicide is... No one should have to kill themselves. No one should be killing themselves because they feel so bad about where they work. And the thing that they love to do is making them feel this way. It is... It is heartbreaking and it is awful. And I honestly don't know why. I honestly don't know what to say about it. So it's just atrocious. And I hope that, I hope that honestly, Activision Blizzard are given a proper, proper shaking because they need it. And a lot of companies need it. And you really have to put the fear of God into these companies. Like, lawsuits and people going after them and investigating them properly are the only thing that corporations understand because it impacts their bottom line it impacts the perception around the company and it impacts you know their, their businesses one thing i want to say is the worst part of this is 
the people that being are being treated the worst are also the people that are doing the most work to bring you the games that you love. People like are taking credit for the work of these women. They are doing a lot of the heavy lifting in in many many cases. Sure, you know, there's other people who in the work in in the games industry, men and uh, that are also working hard. But in this scenario, work is being delegated to the women that are then being abused and harassed. Imagine having to not only carry the game and the company or some aspect of a development, but then also being made to feel like shit and being harassed at the same time as doing that. I don't know how how anyone I honestly sometimes think why does anyone want to work at these companies and it's because they love those games they love the idea of creating games and if you want to carry on having these games exist and carry on playing these games and falling in love with them you need to take care and support the people who are making them and push out the people who are making the process of making those games harder and they are men like I said boys club that are making that difficult and those people need to be exposed and then pushed out. Absolutely. And you know, that, that, that's on us in, in so many ways. And it's on so many people listening right now. It's like, call people out, like hold them accountable. And when you're in your, your workplace, like uh, it sucks. This is not unique to video games. This is in every industry. This is in every workplace. You need to make sure that it's not. Make sure that, that you're looking around. And even if you think it's not, make sure that you're looking around yourself and confirming that it is not and and really making sure that when you see things that if it feels iffy to you and it feels like like icky like you should call it out you should have that conversation it's going to be hard but that's the only way you can shift this frat boy boys club mentality and it and it's a responsibility on all of us to to do um i want to bring in uh some some responses to this from some women in the industry uh that that really kind of have their perspective on what you just said tam about like the the way that they feel as part of this industry as, as people working alongside these 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 boys clubs uh janet garcia tweets out it's a cruel joke that women in the games industry are the most likely to be accused of not being passionate enough when they literally love an industry that does not love them back i'm media not a dev but there are many days where i wish i could love something else mm. that is such a horrible horrible example of the way that that women are feeling in video games right like women close yeah. to us are feeling in video games and it's like that this it, it is it just it's absolutely heartbreaking yeah like you say it, it is it, the, the like don't get it twisted women have to justify their love of this art form this this thing that we all love in a way that men don't need to and that is a simple fact when you when a man says or a male says i love video games it's taken for for a fact. When a woman says, a female says, I love video games, there's immediately skepticism. You get people challenging them. That happens for fans of video games. Imagine what it must be like to be someone who rolls up and is like, I'm going to make a video game. And the, what Janet said there, you know, that women, females um, are, you know, they love an industry that doesn't love them back. Like Tim said, absolutely heartbreaking. That is, video games should be something that welcomes everyone. Men, women, non-binary individuals, people from all backgrounds, people with accessibility needs, disabled people, everyone. And like we said, in the same way that if you looked on Twitter and found someone toxic, it would repulse you and you would want them gone. You need to think about game developers and publishers in the same way because the, the impact they're having is the same, if not even worse. They're creating these boys clubs where the games that are being made are 
a fraction of what they could be because they spend more time exercising undue power on people who are you know vulnerable and they know that they have that power and it just is heartbreaking it is awful awful and i cannot believe that we're still at this place and i cannot believe a company like activision blizzard wouldn't has so much to lose and so much to gain by just treating and ensuring that its workforce is treating its employees properly regardless of what their gender is it's ridiculous and like i said i hope the investigations into them go hard and they go in deep because that is the only way they will learn mm -hmm. uh joey noel in the twitch chat right now uh, says if you haven't watched alana's clip from her stream last night you should she leaves a link to uh alana's twitter charla nazard if you're watching later on youtube uh go check that out i'm sure she has very insightful things to say uh moving on some other ones i have from at black girl gamers uh it's actually fascinating how this toxic culture in gaming has been thriving for so long and women and marginalized people are always the collateral damage this boys club culture is mostly upkept by white cis men in the industry because statist statistically they make up a huge portion of the employees especially at a senior level the lawsuit was going on from 2018 but that's just the start of the lawsuit not of the incidents these companies make so much money gaming the highest earning entertainment industry and so it should have an exemplary culture for the workplace it just comes across that these companies are lighting their pockets and doing jack all about their terrible cultures that target women and marginalized people these companies need to carve out new diverse leadership teams and stop focusing on only hiring leaders with experience in gaming there are such things as transferable skills senior leaders can learn the gaming business and distribution models it's a very very good point yeah um and then the the last one that i want to read is from Jackie Collins, a good friend of ours. Uh, and she tweets a, a thread that is just, again, heartbreaking, man. I don't want to say I've lost hope in this, in this industry. It's not motivational or inspirational to say that, but here we are. Many emotions and thoughts that I can't get organized to express. Only clear thing right now is that my attempt to focus on work tonight have failed. If you work in this industry, do you think your manager will ping you at the start of the day to ask how this impacted you? For some of us, stuff like this is shattering re-traumatizing whereas others barely notice a blip it's not ill will on their part it's parallel realities those who feel feel it are more likely to pay attention to news like this the the ones that it falls to fails to inform their colleagues about it usually the same ones risking harassment for telling their own stories or feeling guilty for not taking that risk but responsibility responsible for being strong too but all while re-traumatizing because you feel it, because you know what it is like, but at the same time, just wanting to focus on your work because being a high performer is now how you show you deserve to be here, to show those who will come after you deserve to be here. It's all impossibilities. It's rigged so that you're always wrong or always failing at at least one thing. It's an impossible balancing act. You are the change you want to see and the hope for the people coming behind, but in constant pain, or you are the coward. They don't let you choose who you are anymore. The agency is gone. You're an anecdote for a narrative, whether... Whether for those on your side or those who spit on your name, it's dehumanizing either way. That's what they don't get. That's the parallel realities. Um, and then she goes on to say some other things. But um, again, I, I just think that these are all words that we need to hear and, and really mm -hmm. sit with and, and, and take in. And any action we can take, any, any time that we see some stuff that like, even if it doesn't seem like there's visible issue going on, there's, there's something, there's underlying things. And like, we need to kind of read between the lines and, and, and do, do our best to, to help be a good ally in any way that we can, even if mm -hmm. we don't always get it right, try to always get it right. Keep pushing forward. Yeah, for sure. And like, like we said, 
Like the the simple fact of the matter is, the future of games is in a better shape if you can ensure that the people that are making them are happy, they're treated well, their creativity is given the opportunity to thrive. And as long as you know horrible men are keeping people from ascending past where you know these limited positions that they control and are spending all their time with their you know oppressing these people and harassing women uh, constantly in the workplace games will never reach the full potential they they can strive to be it's not sustainable like you cannot keep we cannot keep going this way so with that in mind you should support these pe people who come out and talk about being harassed and lend them your strength because they need it yeah and you know like the one of the horrifying elements of all of this is every time we talk about this and every time we spread the awareness of this which is very very necessary it is very hard for so many people that are experiencing this whether they are comfortable coming out to tell their stories or they're not ready to do that or will never be ready to do that and, and so with that uh you should definitely check out at games hotline on twitter uh they tweeted a horrifying story is just broken about widespread misogynistic abuse at a major game developer if this is bringing up difficult or traumatic feelings for you please know that we're here you can reach us by texting support to 23368 so if that is something that that you need text support to 23368 Six eight, and the games and online harassment hotline will be there for you. <sighs> be better, guys. Come on, Come really. On. Moving on to the next story. Uh, this is another story about Activision. Uh, this one comes from Bloomberg's Jason Schreier. Blizzard botched Warcraft 3 remake after internal fights and pressure over costs. Uh, Blizzard Entertainment's disastrous remake of the classic video game Warcraft 3 last year was the result of mismanagement and financial pressures, according to newly revealed documents and people with knowledge of the failed launch. This release also reflected Blizzard's significant cultural changes in recent years as corporate owner Activision Blizzard has pushed the developer to cut costs and prioritize its biggest titles. Uh, when Warcraft 3 Reforged was released on January 28, 2020, it was widely panned, earning a 59 out of 100 on Metacritic. The game was buggy and missing many components that Blizzard had promised, including updated cutscenes uh, and re-recorded voiceovers. The remake even lacked features the original had in 2002, such as a ladder system that ranked competitive players. Blizzard also had disabled the original version of the game on its digital platform, so the inferior remake was the only version that fans could easily play. In the weeks after launch, Blizzard promised to update the game and add some of those features over time, but 18 months later, uh, they are still nowhere to be found. In a statement, an Activision Blizzard spokesperson said the company offered, quote, no questions asked refunds to Warcraft 3 for reforged owners. Blizzard prides itself on releasing games when they're ready. Gameplay and quality come first and foremost, and our goal is always to do right by our community. The central issue with Warcraft 3 Reforged was an early unclear vision and misalignment about whether the game was a remaster or a remake. Make. This led to other challenges with the scope and features of the game and communication on the team with leadership and beyond, which all snowballed closer to launch. Developers across Blizzard pitched in to help, but ultimately bug fixing and other tasks related to the end of development couldn't correct more fundamental issues. Uh, we took pre-orders when we knew the game wasn't ready yet. Uh, and they said, adding later, that the company needs to resist the urge to ship an unfinished product because of financial pressure. The Blizzard spokesperson said that, in hindsight, we should have taken more time to get it right, even if it meant returning pre-orders. Um, and then the, the article continues to go on and just <laughs> go more and more into this. But, like, Jesus Christ. Mm, that is rough. I mean, like, uh, it's important to say that 
a lot of the issues that you're seeing laid bare here with Warcraft, Warcraft 3 Reforged is common amongst video games. It usually happens. There's always some, any number of these happens with games that succeed as well. So it's mm -hmm. definitely uncommon. Unfortunately, uh, definitely common. Unfortunately, what is uncommon is having, or is more common than we actually realize, is having the game come out and it be very clearly a bit of a mess and not being able to kind of like um recover from it is just the the nail in the coffin it's such a it's such a shame because like warcraft 3 is a game that a lot of people love and the fact that it was mismanaged and reached this position comes as no surprise to anyone who played it it is a huge huge mess and blizzard and activision's inability to clean it up even though they said they would is kind of shameful like people paid for that stuff so sort it out i think this is probably one of the reasons that they brought in rod ferguson um aka the closer who has come you know become uh somewhat known for uh going into troubled uh development environments or environments where the developer has doesn't have a sense of direction and fixing that stuff up he did it with bioshock infinite and and also worked at you know the coalition and coalition was in a much better position but also you know had has a lot of uh experience in taking projects that look like they're about to go off the rails and then firmly planting them on the rails mm -hmm. so although this is a really awful awful shitty situation for this warcrafting uh this specific remake the future of i don't know War warcraft and the remakes i feel is in a little more of a better position i hope we'll, ha we'll have to wait and see uh, moving on to the next news stories real quick. Just uh, this one is for you. Banks, brokerages, PSN, the Steam store, and more are down in a massive internet outage. This comes from Mitchell Clark at The Verge. Uh, many websites, including banking pages, brokerages, and gaming services have been affected by what looks to be a major internet outage. As website owners and companies that run services that provide the backbone of the web scramble to solve the issue, consumers have been left unable to access services like Ally Bank, Fidelity, Sony's PlayStation Network, Airbnb, and more. At the moment, it's unclear what's causing the outage, though Down Detector reports that both AWS and Akamai, the, a pair of content delivery networks that host much of the internet, are both experiencing issues. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, as, more, as far as more essential services, many banks' websites appear to be non-functional, and there are reports of 911 systems being down across multiple states. It is, however, unclear if the emergency services outage is related to the other web outages. The Sheriff's Department of Grayson County Virginia reports its 911 outage stems from a fiber cut. So there we go. The chat saying it's already fixed. Um, but I still wanted to talk about this because, yeah, this is terrifying. So much of our uh, everything is tied to the internet. The idea that it can just go down and then we are left without PSN, but more importantly, 911. Like that yeah. is absolutely horrible i mean i th i like i'm sure you everyone you and everyone else is the same is like imagine you know the sense of helplessness and panic you feel when your wi-fi goes out oh yeah like imagine like that on a national scale like where massive it's like genuinely important services are unavailable it is terrifying like uh, i this sounds like this is like peanut head brain like take but you know why aren't there redundancies in place for this stuff, man? What's going on? <laughs> like, what's going on? This is what's going on. What? I'm sure it's like complicated and like a, a idiot like me cannot begin to fathom what it involves. But like my first question is like, 
Why didn't the backup generators kick in? What's going on here? <laughs> they need a Kevin, man. They got to figure <laughs> yeah. this shit out. Exactly. Kevin, Kevin on a massive scale. <laughs> uh, then the last story I got for you, this is also just kind of a deals of the day, but I think it's really cool. PS5 users get six months of Apple TV Plus for free. Uh, you can redeem your offer between now and a year from today uh, and start watching critically acclaimed Apple original series and films. Uh, you can enjoy favorites like Ted Lasso um, or more. Uh, all you need is a PlayStation Network account and Apple ID and the PlayStation 5. If you have a current Apple TV free trial or already subscribed, you can redeem this offer, get an extra six months. So that's really cool. I've been watching through Mythic Quest. I'm about to be done with season two and I am surprised at how much I'm enjoying it. It's a really, really Mm -hmm. well-made show that I feel is really targeting people in the chat and us like it is such a a like this show is made for like a very specific breed of gamers and i think that it's it's cool to see something with that high production value in the wild so yeah i definitely need to check that out um what i will say is ted lasso is a perfect show it is not a bad episode there's not a bad moment there's not a bad scene in that show and it is about football british football aka soccer but it's not aimed at people who it's not for people who are like super into football. In fact, it's it's for anyone. And especially if you have no understanding or even a like of football, it's bizarre and amazing how well constructed that show is to hit multiple demographics, because it's about a American football coach who takes his experience of successfully coaching a college team to Britain to coach a failing premiership league soccer team it's just bringing america and 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 england together the uk together and it is a perfect show so if you haven't seen it make sure you watch it oh check it out uh but if you haven't watched it you know you only have i don't even i don't got a good one i don't got a good one tab like that you have that you apple tv plus if you have a ps5 you have an entire year to be able to redeem that but a year is so <laughs> far away <laughs> if i wanted to know what was coming to mom and grab shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily hosts each and every weekday baby yep. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Out today, last stop on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Urban Trial, tricky. It's tricky to rock a rhyme on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The Origin, Blind Made on PC. Warhammer, 40K, Battle Sector on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Gigapocalypse, Giga Gigapocalypse on PC. Mm. Airy, Calm Mind on Switch. Bishujo, Battle Mahjong, Solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on Switch. Timothy versus the aliens on Switch. You're up, baby. Woo, let's go. Uh, Woodblock Escape Puzzles 3 on Switch. Hashtag Pinocchio Super Puzzles Dream <laughs> on Switch. Terra Lander 2 Rock Slide Rescue on Switch. Nikamon Adventures on Switch. Racing Extreme 2, Terra Bomber, Bunny Bounce, and Terra Lander 1 all coming to Switch. New Sphere on pc natural instincts on pc deepest chamber on pc the sims 4 cottage living expansion pack on pc the ins mouth case is out today for xbox and playstation consoles then some new dates for you here human fall flat celebrates 30 million copies on 5th 
on its fifth anniversary and announces a new laboratory level coming this summer. Hindsight 2020, Wrath of the Rakasha coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, Series X and X, everything you know what I'm talking about, and Steam Thursday, September 9th. Harvest Moon One World will be launching on in August on Xbox One and Xbox Series X. Residual, a survival platformer, uh, lands on September 9th on PC, Series X and S, and Switch. Good Night is coming to Steam on September 3rd. Draft of Darkness is coming to Early Access July 30th. Uh, Playdate pre-orders open on July 29th at 10 a.m. And this one is just for Greg Miller. Uh, Marvel's Avengers gets a big update next week on the 27th. Play the most challenging mission to date against the super adaptoid in Omega Level Threat Family Reunion. There's the multiplayer Mega Hives and permanent ability to have multiple of the same hero in Strike Teams. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nonstop Kamala's everywhere. Yep, That's what yep. it's going to be, baby. Uh, I've That's... recently been getting back into it, getting prepared for War for Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and Greg put out the call for the Avengers to assemble on Twitter earlier, and I'm ready. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. A whole bunch of stuff. If you want some deals for Marvel's Avengers, uh, it will be available to download and try at no cost from July 29th through August 1st. Uh, PlayStation from 9 a.m. to 9 a.m. the 29th through the 1st. And same as Steam and Stadia. Uh, we're working closely with the team at Xbox to give Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S players their own all-access opportunity in the coming months. Uh, if you already play Avengers, we have some fun things in store for the all-access weekend, like four times experience and more. So stay tuned for more announcements uh let's check out you're wrong to see what we got wrong during the show oh no um nothing perfection that's it no editorializing but we didn't get anything wrong there was some uh, extra facts from the ign dead space thing so go check out ign find out all the other tidbits and stuff the tidbits with tim and tam uh mm. over there so uh, very exciting stuff we're about to do the patreon exclusive post show tam has something special planned i don't know what it's gonna be but i'm sure it's gonna be fun uh but for everyone else on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games you're about to hang out with Snowbike mike and greg miller and have what i'm sure is going to be a fantastic time but tam I hate that my time with you is coming to an end this week. Where can people find you? You can find me doing stuff at GameSpot.com. I am the managing editor of that fine website. You can also find me on GiantBomb.com now. I run a, or I'm on a show um, with Daniel Dwyer called Born to Run, which we play through all of um, the Souls games. We're starting with Demon Souls and we're making our way through it. I'm also uh, streaming on Twitch twitch.tv forward slash tomorrow h i stream three times a week you know i'm trying to i'm trying to get big there i'm trying to be a, i'm trying to be a contender you know there's a it. you know so um if you feel like it come and follow me i uh, play some games i watch some videos i've been getting into weird internet videos recently which is fun um and then i'm on twitter at tomorrow h doing stupid things there follow him do all the things he's fantastic but you are thank you that. i appreciate it anyway till next time love you guys bye